Welcome to Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Larry Evans, Michael Downs, and Jim Ruddle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Evans, along with my co-hosts, Michael Doms and Jim Ruddle. Thank you for joining us today. Um, We have a new intro for Jim, for our chump. Here we go. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the... uh gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, fucking geek. A, a fucking like. geek, <laughs> exactly, like all right? But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> goddamn work making something this pretty look like a chump. I fucking love that. Because <laughs> it is a hard goddamn work. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard work for you to draft. <laughs> It's hard goddamn look to make something this pretty draft that bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome in, guys. What's going on? Hey, I, I, I want to take this. We got a little bit of time here. I want to talk about the the preseason format and the way it changed this year and how I just hate it. It is so boring. None of the, I mean, these games don't matter. But now to fantasy players, at least you could pick up information. There used to be a format where nobody played week one. The starters would come in week two, play a couple series. But at least you got to see who was out with the starting team. Week three, they'd have their dress rehearsal, play the first half, maybe even three quarters if it's a bad team like the Bears. And then you could ignore the fourth. That was just for, you know, the roster, the end of the roster shit. This year... There was no rhyme or reason to when any of the starters are playing. I, I just think all these games are bullshit. It was meaningless to watch. The biggest bits of information you could get from any of these games was if you knew the starters were out, well, and if your guy was sitting out too, then you knew at least he was starting. I don't know, but he could have been hurt or it could have been coach's decision. I don't know. I just hate this whole format. It doesn't help us at all. But it, yeah, and I mean, I, I just don't like so mike go on you can talk about ppr okay but first i want to say preseason preseason it's like watching Shaq shoot free throws come on well see yeah people have to stop going to the games man because they need to stop this and here's what i was thinking <laughs> Shut up! Oh. <laughs> go ahead mike uh, the pros of a PPR is it allows more, not only lower end wide receivers, but it allows pass catching running backs and even backup running backs to become relevant. It allows, it just allows more teams to be, have a, have a chance to be in it because they can catch a guy who may score five or six points in a game where in a standard, they may not get anything. So I like that aspect of it. it 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 will allow people to be more competitive and keep them interested the cons of it yeah. oh go ahead i was gonna say it, it's for the jacoby myers of the world right so it's Absolutely. the guys that catch it's the guys that catch a lot of passes but you know can't find that end zone without a map yep yeah, jacoby I, myers chase edmonds same thing i i i just i don't like the way it's to me it's like 
we're just handing out trophies for participation in that we just want all of our, everybody that you play, anybody that you start at any time is going to get double digit points. And that's you, the only way you get a I'll say Jim's got 24 of those. <laughs> hey, I fucking hate PPR. <laughs> Fuck. I don't want, I don't want points that way. It's bullshit points. And to me, it, it became relevant when all of these fantasy football shows and all these great prognosticators all started making their starts and sits, Michael Fabiano. All the, they just made it more popular. They pushed it out there so their predictions would all have double-digit points and they'd never be wrong. It, it, it upsets me greatly. Yeah, the cons of PPR is our league doesn't have it, says the owner of Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, and uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, and it's it's definitely something we, that we've approached in the past, right? Um, you know, we've put it to a vote with the rest of the league, and and it's 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 come close a couple of times, but it just hasn't gotten the number of votes needed to pass. Well, see, yeah. I mean, I think it it came about because running backs were, especially like in the '90s, running backs were too dominant, so they had to find a way to try to make the wide receivers equal with the running backs. I get that. But I don't think with the the prevalence of the passing game now, I don't think it's needed anymore. I think it's kind of leveled itself out. I, the one thing I would be for is, and I've actually uh, asked this before, is maybe if it was just tight ends only that was PPR. Because everybody, you know, it, it's so tough sometimes scoring with tight ends. There's only like three or four guys that score consistently every week. I would be for something like that. But any other full form of PPR, I would turn down. And, and you see where one of our votes is for non PPR. Yeah. And Jim's still in the corner using his caveman tools. <laughs> I- All right. Well, before we get started, uh, I wanted to go ahead and play you guys our, our number one hit song in Norway. Champ, 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 Dude, you know, dude, does this, play it while they're fishing. Does this mean we gotta go? We gotta do a live, a live podcast out in Norway now? <laughs> oh hell yeah! I, I'm do, I'm down with that. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, you know, our topic today, obviously, we're gonna go ahead and and go over players that we like in a PPR format. So we'll hope to get this out to you guys. Before some drafts, I know there's a lot of people that drafted this last weekend, um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of drafts that are going to be going on this weekend as well. So hopefully uh, some people will get some little nuggets of information here and uh, help you along with your draft. So, guys, let's each pick four players that we really like in a PPR format, not just the first couple of rounds, the obvious guys. We'll go ahead and we'll throw a couple of those in here. But, you know, kind of, you know, guys from all over the draft. Um, and for this, we'll be using full point PPR as our guidance. So, um, you know, with that, I'll go ahead and I'll get it started. Um, my first guy is Justin Jefferson. So this is obviously a guy that's going to be in the first round of your PPR drafts. He's a stud. Um, we can end the discussion right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he, you know, he's in that new offense that will be pass heavy. 
Um, not saying he gets, you know, 2021 Cooper Cup level, you know, territory as far as his, his points, his targets, you know, none of that. But it is going to be, you know, up there. And uh, he's more athletic than Cup. I think Cup is a, a smarter player, but I think Justin Jefferson is a more athletic player than what Cup is. So, you know, the possibility is there for him to actually put up better numbers than Cup. But uh, if he even comes close to Cup's numbers, I think that that will be, you know, great territory for him. Yeah, Cup's a big guy. He, he, there's just got to be regression there. Jefferson's still on his way up. I think Cup, there's regression this year, major regression, whether it's injuries or triple teams or them not having their quarterback, which I think Stafford won't play most of this year either. Jefferson's way better than Cup. Yeah, PPR Jefferson's the man. Absolutely the man. Yeah. All right, so Mike, who do you have as your number one PPR guy? Okay, I'm thinking more towards the end of the first round. Maybe you're at that turn and you don't have a shot at the top two or three running backs and maybe the two or top two or three wide receivers. My guy is Saquon Barkley. He's back to full health and then camp. He's been confident. He's been hungry. He's just playing for a contract right now. You got Brian Dable bringing in that Buffalo offense into the into the Giants. Saquon has a shot at top five, if not even the number one overall running back this year, because he's the only game in town there. The wide receivers other than Wandale Robinson are not doing anything. They've got a rookie playing tight end. They don't have anything at backup running back other than Matt Breida. So as long as Barkley's healthy, he's going to be the man there. Yeah, I I like uh, Barkley as a pick there. I do too. All right, so Jim, who do you have as your number one uh, pick in the PPR format? Well, I'm going to champion Aaron Jones here. And let's just say I I did a PPR draft last night, 10-team. I I was drafting from the six-hole. Justin Jefferson was my first pick. And then my first running back that I chose was Aaron Jones. My second back would have been Barkley, but I got sniped right before in the third round. 10-team, he went into the third round. Aaron I jo- would like him a whole lot better if his last name was Green. <laughs> I'm on Green. <laughs> <laughs> no, Aaron Jones could be the, the the top receiving threat for the the Packers this year. Nobody, there's nothing set in stone that it's going to be Dobbs, Lazard, God forbid, Sammy Watkins, uh, Christian Watson's hurt. I, I think at the end of this year, Aaron Jones is going to be the leader in receiving on that team. Yes, he's got to split carries with with, uh, A.J. Dillon, but all that receiving, that's just nothing but points, nothing but points, and he's going to be the main guy in that offense. I mean, him and Barkley are basically in the same situation where they're going to be the leaders, obviously, the number one option on that offense. I just, uh, Aaron Jones has a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I definitely think he's going to get an. He's definitely going to see an uptick in targets this year compared to what he did last year for sure. Um, you know, usually with those vacated targets, um, a lot of that is going to go to the running backs. And then on top of what you had just said as well, you know, they really don't have a tight end right now. I mean, their main tight end is still hurt. So, yeah, I mean, Jones. I I think at least in the beginning part of the year, Aaron Jones is Devontae Adams. 
I, I just think Rodgers, if, if there's any kind of a misread or whatnot, he's just going to throw it to Jones. And I, I think that'll play out in the first couple of weeks for sure. For sure. Yeah, and this is uh, where we were talking about uh, our running back rankings before. I, In a standard, I wasn't so big on Aaron Jones being in the top 10, but I'm with you here, Jim, absolutely. In a PPR, Aaron Jones is right there, probably late first round. Yeah. I, and I, I think right. I think in standard his touchdown production will will keep him in the t- will make I got him in the top five. Okay, so if we move on to uh, our our second picks in the PPR format, I actually uh, am kind of on board with Jim here, but I'm going to go AJ Dillon. So you know he's a guy that you can get a little bit later than Aaron Jones. So. Um, you know, cheaper option if you can't get Aaron Jones. You don't want to take both of them like some people do. Hey, but, man, uh, that's the way to go. <laughs> but, you know, he's definitely, a, uh, you know, the cheaper Aaron Jones. But, I mean, this guy is huge. They've got 224 vacated targets there in Green Bay. You know, he went from two targets in year one to 37 last year. Um, you know, Jones is historically in that 47 to 52 target range and five to six TDs. I mean, I can definitely see Dylan being within that range this year, just kind of splitting, uh, you know, some of those vacated targets with Aaron Jones as well. And then, you know, the coaches are really talking up his receiving role. And, you know, I just think that both backs see a, a, a steep increase in the number of targets that they get this year with all of those vacated targets in Green Bay. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, in the fact that we keep talking about Aaron Jones taking over kind of partially for Devontae Adams, well, now you got A.J. Dillon that could, could potentially be the lead back and the receiving back all in one. So, yeah, there's going to be receiving targets for both Aaron Jones and for uh, A.J. Dillon. I can see, I can see that. And they're going to be breaking out formations where Dylan and Jones are on the field at the same time, which defenses won't know what to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, Mike, you're number two guy in a uh, PPR format. He's the guy that's taking over number one wide receiver role for a team, and that is Rashad Bateman. And kind of the same thing Larry was talking about. Bateman, he's in a situation where there were 267 vacated targets this year. There were no other wide receivers brought in until they just signed uh, some schlub that was just dropped from a team, but he's nothing. Uh, yeah, Brian Robinson. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, not Brian uh, Not Brian Robinson. I'm on uh, green. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what's, what's, that, what's that chump that used to – oh, Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, like I said, we don't even know his name. But uh, Bateman has the desirable size and speed profile, so Larry's going to swipe right on this guy. He's 6'2", 210. <laughs> uh, he, he only has Mark Andrews to compete with for volume. He's just in a perfect spot. If if he can't produce in this spot, it's going to be Bateman's fault. So I am betting on Bateman. He was he was a stud in Minnesota, and I think he's going to be good here too. I think he's he's just my guy this year. So so Mike, I agree with you on this. However, the one thing I will say is regarding the 267 vacated targets that you talked about. I think that that offense as a whole is going to see a little bit of a downturn in the number of passes that they throw because they're going, you know, last year they had to throw the ball because they had so many injuries at running back. 
Um, this year, you know, they've got more running backs in there. Now, granted, they may not all be healthy right now, but they've got more running backs in there. They're going to try and run that ball a lot more this year than what they did last year. So I think that some of those 267 targets are going to go away by themselves just because of, you know, their run-oriented offense. I agree, but if he gets 75 or 80 of those targets, that's that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, all he's got, all he's got to prove is that he's got better hands than fucking Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown sucked. Yeah, I mean, he is he's the only game in town aside from Mark Andrews there. And, of course, um, you know, that rookie tight end, Isaiah Likely. So, all right. So, uh, Jim, your number two guy in PPR. Yeah, I, I go. I'll, I'll go to a different position here. I'm going to go tight end. Uh, I'm going to take Cole Komet from the Bears, just because he's the only one there. There's Mooney. I actually would probably it, Cole Komet slash David Montgomery in the drafts that I'm seeing, especially the PPR ones that I've been participating in. These guys are way too low, where they have. Although it could be a tremendously bad offense, especially if Justin Fields were to get hurt. But these guys are the only, they're base, or Komet's like going to be the number one. He's the only guy in town there. And it seems like Fields looks his way all the time. Uh, he, he's just too low in PPR rankings. I, I, I think if you, if you start, if you get, if all the top tight ends are gone, he's, he's a solution. Uh, you know, not something that you want to do, but he's there and he'll, I think he'll be productive. Yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that's going to uh, see a lot of volume. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm going to say this with a tear in my eye, and this doesn't matter to people outside of our league, but you broke my heart, Terry. I was hoping to get Komet as my number two tight end, and you went and traded for him. God dang it. See, yeah, that would be the, <laughs> that would be the ideal thing, was to have Komet as your second tight end and just have him surprise you. Don't count on him. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so for my number three guy in uh, PPR, so again, remember, we're kind of going throughout the draft board here, different rounds and stuff like this. So kind of a mid to later round guy that I have is Kenneth Gainwell um, from Philadelphia. So, you know, the coaches are, are definitely talking up his, you know, work in the passing game. At one point they were talking about using him as a short, uh, like a goal linebacker, short yardage back. I can't understand that with the, you know, how small that guy is, but in any case, you know, Sanders is a good receiver also. So you, you know that any passes that he receives there, he's going to kind of split those with Sanders. But I think that Gainwell has a better chance of staying healthy than Sanders. And, and I'm, I'm very, very high on Sanders, but you know, injuries are a very real concern with Sanders. Whereas I don't think that there is much of a concern with Gainwell, uh, at least from history anyway. So, you know, therefore, he should be heavily involved throughout this year. So I, I just I think that he's, uh, you know, a guy that in a PPR league, if you go wide receiver heavy at the beginning of the draft, you know, he's a guy that I would target later in the draft to kind of fill one of those running back spots. Yeah, I like uh, Kenneth Gainwell, especially since they did not go out and trade for uh, Kareem Hunt or someone else. The only kind of negative is Boston Scott, but Boston Scott's been kind of injured this offseason, and he's a, a smaller back too, so I would prefer Gainwell to Boston Scott, so I'm I'm on board there. Yeah, and I think Boston Scott has more of a role of being a 
the backup as far as like the, you know, first and second down work as opposed to the third down work. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like last year, whenever game was on the field, he, he's got just massive big play potential. And I know yeah. they like that there. Yeah. All right. So uh, Mike, who's your number three guy? Okay. And we are looking later rounds of the draft here. And I'm going to go like Jim did with tight end in the last, with his last pick, but I'm thinking a little further down the board. I'm going to go Tyler Higby of the Rams. He's on an elite offense. He has a quarterback that's already dealing with some elbow soreness. So there could be a ton of dump off routes, whether it's the running back or maybe five yards out, they toss it off to Higby and he gets his yards that way. And with Van Jefferson dealing with an injury, uh, Higby's probably the number three option on that team. So there's going to be there's going to be plenty of opportunities for five, ten yard outs, those little short gainers. He may get some love in the red zone if Allen Robinson's not getting it. I just I think there's a lot of upside there with Higby. Yeah, and I and I like Tyler Higby as well. I mean, the only thing is I'm not sure. I I know he's coming back from an injury, and I'm not sure what the status of that is right now yeah he's back practicing now okay all right you just talked me into it mike i like higby again he burned the shit out of me last year but when you when you put it like that that you know if there's a backup quarterback in there yeah i think he could be could have a big season this year yeah i'm good on i'm good on both of those tight ends in in la both the rams and the chargers because uh you know i i like i like everett as well but i don't i don't think i like him as much um I don't think he's going to get as much volume as what Tyler Higby will get. So, Jim, who is your number three guy? My number three guy is somebody I, I, I don't... He always flies under the radar. He's been around for six or seven years now, but it's Jarvis Landry. He, he goes from team to team, and all he does is produce... All he does is catches the football. And he's going to a Saints team, a very pass-heavy... Kamara is their, their running back one, and he's another good PPR guy. They are definitely a throw-first team. And Jarvis Landry right now is sitting with Michael Thomas on one side, always injured, coming back from a major two-year injury, and now his hamstrings are are tender. And then on the other side is uh, is Chris Olav, who is a rookie. You know, Olav's probably going to get the big plays. I think Jarvis Landry's just going to get catch after catch after catch. And I don't understand. You mean right? What did I call him? I mean, Chris, you, you, Olav. Oh. I thought you were talking about the the, the snowman from Frozen. <laughs> no, Chris <laughs> Olive Oil. <laughs> Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. <laughs> but but Jarvis Landry, he's just so far down. And in fact, I'm going to group three guys that are just, their ADPs are just way too low. And these are three guys you target. If you spend your first four rounds getting a couple running backs, and then you decide to go high on a quarterback, high on a tight end, these are, I don't want them to be your wide receiver one and two, but if you need to fill out your wide receiver uh, core with with good, solid veterans, uh, Jarvis Landry first, but then also Marvin Jones, and DJ Chark, I think, are two outstanding selections if you need wide receiver help at, at the very end of drafts. I was going to say, I like them both, but I don't know that I like them as PPR. I like them better as best ball guys 
because those are guys that I don't think that you can count on for the volume, but you're hoping that they're guys that'll get you home runs. Um, you know, you don't want to pick the weeks that they're going to go off. Yeah, but I mean, potentially DJ Chartwell, he's going to be second in a pass-heavy offense. And Marvin Jones has just always been Trevor Lawrence's. He was his favorite guy last year, and everybody's just kind of disregarding him this year. I, I, I'm i not, again, I'm not saying, you know, move them up into the top 30. I'm just saying, if you need to fill out, if you don't want to be doing dart throws with like Sky Moore and stuff at the end of drafts, these are good, solid veterans that will be reliable. That I, I, I just feel comfortable with, more comfortable with them than some of the other dart throws you'd have. At the end I do course. like Jim's pick of uh, Jarvis Landry. I I think he I think he has more upside than uh, uh, Michael uh, Thomas does. That's for sure. I mean, it's it's just my experience, especially in best balls. Jarvis Landry is so far down. He's like in the one fifties in ADP, and then he gets passed on, even when it comes up to the one fifties. I mean, it's ridiculous. I take him in every draft. Yeah, he's definitely not a sexy name for sure. Right. All right, so for my uh, number four, my last pick um, for these guys, uh, I'm going to go with Wondell Robinson. So, you know, with the Giants, I mean, you guys didn't expect me to take a five foot, 878 pound wide receiver now, did you? Especially from the Giants, man. No, this one shocked me. Yeah, someone's got to serve the drinks there. (laughs) (laughs) So so everything out of camp on this guy is that he is going to be used a lot. Um, all their other wide receivers just cannot stay healthy. I mean, you know, um, you know, Kadarius Tony has just tons of talent, but the guy just can't get on the field. And, um, you know, don't even get me started on that loser that used to be in Detroit that, uh, you know, is now there. Yeah, Galladay. Um, yeah, Galladay. I mean, the only thing that he's good at catching is his paycheck. Um, but, he he uh, you dropped know, that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this guy's got four, four, four speed four, yeah. Four, four, four speed, <laughs> um, in the 40 time. And, uh, you know, he's going to be used in the slot and, uh, he, he's just going to be used a lot. So, um, one of the things that, uh, I, I did look at is JJ Zacharyson puts out a, um, a profile of a lot of these rookies and he compared Wandell Robinson to Elijah Moore Tutu Atwell and Marquise Brown. So, you know, two out of three of those guys have hit at one point or another. So, you know, if Wondell Robinson hits as well, hey, you know, he'll be a great later round pick. Oh, yeah. I, and I agree because of mostly what you said. There is no one else in the wide receiver position on that team that's going to do shit. And when you said those three names at the end, I was wondering where you're get going to with Tutu Atwell. I'm like, who the freak is that guy? But yeah, yeah, Elijah Moore and Marquise Brown. If uh, Wandale ends up like them too, yeah, sign me up. I do like Wandale. It seems the wide receiver position's becoming more of a. They they want these smaller, quicker guys to be gadget players, and Wandale Robinson's right there on that team. All right. Well, uh, so Mike, who is your fourth pick? Okay, I'm on the same wavelength. Uh, smaller, quicker uh, gadget players. I, mine is Rondale Moore. He was supposed to do more as a more as a rookie, but uh, he ran into some uh, issues as they were just kind of throwing and stuff to him three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he was just getting smashed back there. 
Now the coach says he's going to be utilized more. He's going to be used more like a gadget Debo role guy, stealing bikes when he can. There you go. And he's also, he's probably the most talented wide receiver, all, all around wide receiver on that team. People say Marquise, but Marquise can't even catch a cold. I, I DeAndre Hopkins, okay. Don't you it. dare. He's, Don't you no, dare. No, I'll give it. He's talented, but he's gone the first third of the season. So he, Rondale Moore is going to have a chance to put down his uh, – Put down his feet for a roll, and maybe not so much this year, but going forward, he's gonna he's he's my guy. And at the end of your draft, get him. Yeah, see, I mean, I like Mike's pick better than Larry's, and not just because I before I saw this note on him that I'd never heard of the Robinson guy, but in, in this, they're basically in the same type of role. When you ask a rookie to go all over the field, I think Robinson might have the year. Rondell Moore had last year. And then now that Rondell Moore has a year of experience and knows what's expected of him, I, I just think he's going to produce more. And maybe, but if uh, if there were a keeper league and I was faced with those two right now, I'd take Wandale over Rondale. Absolutely. Oh, I would Absolutely. too. So, all right. So Jim, who do you have as your number four? My number four is a guy that has, he, he kind of broke ground last year in Tennessee and when Derrick Henry got hurt, and now the way he played this preseason, he's carved out as a role as the third down back on Tennessee. His name is Dontrell Hilliard. They have a guy who who's the rookie that was supposed to be the, the second coming. Hassan Hawkins. Yeah, cool name, cool wrestler name, but he, he's not going to play. It's going to be Dontrell Hilliard. In all the ADP lists, Hilliard's way behind Haskins. He's going to be the third down back. He played well last year and when Henry was out, and he's going to be the guy if Henry gets hurt, when Henry gets hurt this year. So, I mean, he's going to have all this volume. You can get him for virtually nothing at the very – he could be the last pick in your draft, but he's going to have production. Really good call. I Yeah, I, I was expecting maybe to hear Haskins' name, but when, you, when I saw you, you were going to talk about Dontrell Hilliard, I'm like, yeah, you actually did your work on this one. That's that's a very good one. He's definitely the number two be time behind uh, Derrick Henry, and I would much prefer him to Haskins. Yeah, no, I I like him. I mean, you you uh, Mike's right. You did your homework on this one, and you know, unlike my last pick in the best ball draft, I mean, this guy actually made a team. So, <laughs> oh, dude, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack just kills me. We're all, got, doing, he, we're all doing the Mac tonight. <laughs> all right. So that is, that is it guys. You guys have anything else? No, just uh, look for running back. If you're drafting in a PPR draft and you don't know what you're doing, just try to do some research, try to find out which running backs catch passes. Really? That That's all it is. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially, I mean, you know, you can always go, you know, you always want to try and hit those running backs early, but you know, if you make the mistake of going or not a mistake, but if you, you know, your strategy is to say, Hey, let me hit these wide receivers. Let me get these premier wide receivers in those first three rounds. You're, you know, it's going to put you in a hole and you're going to have to, you know, hit these middle and late rounds with some of these other running backs. And that's where your, 
uh, Naheem Hines and your Kenneth Gainwell and your Dontrell Hilliards and and you know players like that, JD McKissick. JD McKissick. McKissick. The, yeah, yeah. That that is where those guys are gonna just be key um, to what you want to do. So yeah, McKissick would be well now that Brian Robinson got hurt. McKissick's in a role where he'll be the third down guy, but if something, if Gibson fumbles in the first quarter of the first game, they're just going to give the ball to McKissick until Robinson gets better. He'll have the role. If you can find a third down back that's not going to stay in the role of third down back if the main guy gets hurt, that's even better. And well, Dontrell Hilliard's one of those examples. And the last thing I'm going to say is uh, I'm going to preach for a minute from my pulpit. Uh, we have waited since January for this time. We're all, you've either drafted or you're getting ready for drafts this weekend. Take a moment, savor it, do your homework, but, you know, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the fact that football's coming back. Get your guys, do your work, and at the end of the day, just enjoy it and have fun. We've been waiting for this. Let's just do it. Yeah, and kind of kind of to add on to what Mike said there, you know, I mean, you know, this you know, just en- enjoy your drafts. I mean, everybody, before we, you know, go out on the outro here, just, you know, good luck this weekend, you know, um, you know, draft your players. Don't draft somebody else's players, draft your players. Well, yeah, we're not going to tra- draft gyms, that's for sure. <laughs> nothing, nothing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> nothing, nothing, if you can manage it, nothing beats a live draft. The draft at Larry's house, we've been doing this for 28. I, I still think there's something wrong with the math. Is it 28 or 29 years we've been doing this? Because like I've been seeing Facebook memories, and I think our math is one year off. I think we're on 29 this year. Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, keep talking, I'll tell you. Point being, my favorite day of every year, annually, it's not Christmas, it's not my birthday, it's draft day at Larry's house. When all of us get together in the same room or the same backyard and we're able to do a live draft, everybody bullshitting, everybody ripping on each other. It's just such a good time. And then when we yeah, all, so this is, I was going to go, say, go when, ahead, we, when we all have to carry Jim out to his car or protect a tree from getting puked on. Hey, I bring my pillow. I just got to watch out for fucking markers when I pass out. <laughs> all right so this is our we're going into year 29 we completed year 28 last year um and and we are going into our year 29 okay all right so so listeners say listeners anyone that's listening you got ideas what we can do for our 30th next year let's hear it Oh yeah, no, that would be great. You know, I mean, if you have ideas for what we could do for our 30th, again, we get together for a live draft. We usually go ahead and have our draft software on the TV so everybody can see it. This year, we're going to do it, um, you know, outside with a projector on a screen, um, you know, announcing the picks and everything. So, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to change it up a little bit, but yeah, if you have ideas of what we can do for our 30th, um, you know, draft, getting everybody together, th- that would be great. You know, if you want to share it on our socials or emails or, um, Facebook, whatever. Strip club. Vegas, baby. Strip club. <laughs> strip club in Vegas. That's even better. Vegas, Vegas strip club. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. So, uh, that, that is going to do it for today. So, uh, you know, thank you for joining us. 
Please don't forget to uh, follow us on our socials and subscribe or favorite the podcast and give us a review. I can be found on Twitter at fantasy underscore Larry. Mike can be found on Twitter at domination, D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. And Jim, you don't want to be found on Twitter, do you? Fuck Twitter. Just use my email. It's Jim Ruttle, R-U-T-T-L-E at Hotmail. And or go to, go, go to go an open field, start a fire, and just send smoke signals. Yeah, just snail mail me, and maybe, and I'll fax you back. there you go all right so uh you know stay with us for our seasonal episodes uh you know beginning this next week we're gonna go over waiver wire picks hopefully on tuesdays and then start sit decisions um did i just say start shit or start sit (laughs) Eh, same thing okay so start sit decisions later in the week dude that's Um, a segment man start shit i i I like that (laughs) (laughs) all right so we may also drop mini episodes to discuss breaking or important news that may be pertinent to your start sit decisions um or late waiver wire pickups you know stuff like that so you know stay tuned and stay with us and then from all of us uh thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day see you next time